welcome to the My Curious Colleague podcast with your host, me, Denise Veneri. We'll be talking all things consumer relations with a focus on consumer product goods organizations and the brand specialist and analyst roles and responsibilities. So if you like CPGs, like I like CPGs, marketing, insights, and caring deeply for your consumers, well, take a listen. Well, hello, my curious colleagues. We're lucky enough today to have my colleague, Jane Fryman, founder of Smart Kitchen Insights Group, back on the podcast. Jane has been a leader within the consumer test kitchen space for the past 25 plus years. Prior to creating Smart Kitchen Insights Group, Jane was at Campbell Soup Company as director consumer test kitchen. And you may remember that's where Jane and I first met. So hi, Jane. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Denise. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. You know, I think it's been only about six months since we last chatted, but I love this idea. And we said it back then of, of, you know, how to keep our audience on the cutting edge of trends that potentially could impact the consumer and ultimately the consumer affairs function. So what are some of the latest trends you're seeing in the home and the kitchen? So Denise, I've been seeing really three big trends that have um, been really out there and sort of gaining momentum. And they're in the area of the first one is wanting to create a safe and sterile fortress. You think about your home, you want your home to be germ-free, you want to be safe in your home. And so I'm seeing some really interesting products that are um, starting to be developed and starting to get into the home um, that are helping with this. And one is, you know, you think about robotics and there really isn't robotics in the home except for the rumba, you know, the vacuum that will go through your home and, and vacuum up. Well, now I'm starting to see a uh, air purifier that's robotic. So think about the um, air purifier motorizing and going through your whole home and helping clean the air so that it's germ-free. Another area is um, the smart doorbell. So we've all seen, you know, the doorbells with the cameras, but this right. one company, Etty, is working on a doorbell that can take the person's temperature while they're standing there. And then you know if they're safe for them to come into your home. Um, this will really be, uh, I think, a game changer. And it's really interesting to see how they've taken one thing with just the video and now to the next step. Um, and then, hey, Jane. Oh, yes. Just real quick. Is that similar to what happens in, you know, when I go to the hospital for a checkup or something, they want you to just kind of be aware that their temp your temperature is getting checked. So I wonder if that's like a similar, a similar technology. I don't know if you, that came I up don't in the research. know the technology that they're using, but I think it's a similar premise um, yeah. that you can. And I think in some companies, even they've um, created a sensor that when you walk through 
their front door, they can tell, you know, if you have yeah. a temperature, you know, and then they'll let you into sort of the, the lobby of the building. I think it's working on a similar premise. Um, but uh, it's something that I've saw. And actually, it was introduced last year at the Consumer Electronics Show. So it's something that's starting to happen. Um, and it's, again, that area of helping you ensure that whomever and whatever is coming into your home is sort of germ-free and that you have this sort of safe fortress. The um, next item that I saw, and actually this is, plays a little bit into this next trend, but the idea of always having um, water that is safe and you have it um, at your home at all times. And this is a generator that is generating water from air. One of the companies that I've seen do this is called Sun to Water. And if you think about, um, you know, your outside air conditioners, your, you know, central air conditioners, it's like that box. This is a similar thing. It's a box that sits outside and it's filtering the air and pulling out the water and generating it and um, saving it for you and, you know, uh, then bringing it in so you're using that water. Think about all the natural disasters where you're looking for water and you don't have water or you might not have a clean water supply. Um, you know, you think of uh, the issue of communities with unclean water. This will help give you the sense of security that you always have on demand, you know, water that you can feel safe about. So this trend is really interesting in how it is coming to life. And these are just three areas that I'm seeing that I know is going to go even further. Uh, the second area is, and I spoke a little bit about this last time, but it's bringing the outside in and talking about gardens and knowing your food source, but it is also expanding to, um, you know, having um, the food waste and sustainability and knowing, you know, your source of things. And that's where I said this sort of sun to water and this water of knowing where your water's coming from yep. plays a little bit into this. The idea of um, having composting and there's some companies that are coming out with countertop um, composting systems that will help you compost quickly and easily. Um, you know, the idea of composting and setting it outside and having it degenerate, you know, in a slow sort of function. There's some companies like Vitamix, who's famous for the blenders. They created a, um, a composter called Food Cycler. It retails for about $300. It's a brand new item. I just saw it introduced this year. And it um, can uh, compost the items in a short amount of time. And you can then um, use it in your garden, mm -hmm. inside or out, or mm -hmm. share it with your community. There's another company that I just saw um, introduce this, what it's called Clue. And it is a countertop appliance that will grind um, food waste down. So it quickly um, breaks it down. And again, you can use it as a compost for yourself or share it with the community. Um, and then there's items like 
this product, actually, I just saw this week called The Bubble. And it hangs from the ceiling. And if you think of it, it's kind of um, sort of eye level when you're standing in your kitchen. And it's these bubbles. And you open it up and you can put fruits and vegetables. And it gives the perfect sort of climate control to keep these fruits and vegetables fresh. But it also tracks. So it knows when you put it in. It knows sort of its life um, life. Uh, span and it will remind you when it's time to be using it, when it's ripe enough, um, you know, so that you're not wasting your food. Again, that gets at um, the minimizing of food waste to even um, there are uh, containers. There's a company called Olvi. Uh, it is a startup. Um, it isn't in full production yet, but okay. what I love about it is it has a little um, tag and on every container, you can put this tag on, you fill it with whatever. So maybe you made, you know, broccoli and you um, broil the steak or you grill the steak. You can put these in the different containers. You um, press it, you know, you date it. It knows the date. It knows what's in there. And it will remind you in the refrigerator. It'll send you a notice on your app and it'll say, you know what? It's time to have that broccoli. Here are some ways to use it. And it'll give you um, use, uh, usage ideas. So again, right. it's preventing you from wasting your food because consumers and home cooks and people just feel so badly when they're throwing out good food yes. and they don't want to have food waste and they don't feel good about it. So it's really interesting to see the innovation and where um, companies are going to create these tools. So that's a yeah. really interesting area. And then, hey, Jane. Oh, yes. Um, I'm definitely one of those people. I I don't want to waste food, especially now that my son's in college. You know, if you would see my system, you know that I need one of these things that you're talking about here. Maybe the bubble. Maybe I'm not sure what else. But I write on. Let's say it's bag salad, for example. I write on the salad not only the date again in black marker the date, but also the day, all the product itself. Then I have my master calendar, my kitchen calendar, right? Um, and I put the date that it will be going bad on the calendar. And then hopefully between those two things, I'm not wasting anything. And I'm looking right. to try to, right, incorporate it. And I love the idea of the recipe. You know, I think a lot of our, you know, food and beverage companies can really glom onto that piece of it. Um, but it sounds like these aren't too far out. So, um, yeah, they're, cl they're close. Um, you know, yeah. I keep in contact with some of these folks and I keep saying, you know, when are, you know, they're going to be products to sample because I think they really are hitting at a big need yeah. and, you know, the idea of the innovation that it does hit a need that people have and that it is easy to use will get the product used because, you know, you're changing behavior. And when you change behavior, you have to, it has to be easy and it has to be something that they can repeat um, yes. on a daily basis so that it'll get created as a habit. And um, there is, I think, a huge need for these sort of tools, but they just can't be complicated. And, you know, you have your system. That's <laughs> a lot of work. 
Uh-huh. Don't you want to, you know, sort of let go of that and let this sort of app tell you this so you don't have to work mm-hmm. as hard and you can do other things that you want to do? Absolutely. What else? What other trends are you seeing? Well, the third area in what I'm seeing in the home and in the kitchen is really the expansion of the kitchen. Um, you know, okay. during the pandemic, uh, it became loud and clear. You know, I always said the kitchen was the heart of the home. Yep. Um, the kitchen was turned into command central. It was the place we did our work, the place we did our Zoom calls, the place we did schoolwork, you know, for mm-hmm. children, the place where we cooked and we right. ate and, you know, we did everything there. And, you know, the idea of open floor plans um, really got uh, sort of thrown to the wayside because you don't want an open floor plan. You want to be able to carve out space where you can have quiet areas where you could either meditate or have a Zoom call or do some concentration of, you know, work or school. And so the idea of having these broken plans, well, the kitchen is looking for this expansion area because, you know, we went through a time of being sort of secluded and you want to be out with people, but you want to be safe and you want to entertain again, but you want to be safe. So how can you do it through um, the design and opening up the kitchens and having kitchens that are straddling both inside and outside? You know, I've seen designs where you have a wall that opens up and, Mm -hmm. you know, it opens to the patio and you have, you know, your kitchen and then you can entertain outside or you have a mini kitchen set up outside. And I've Mm -hmm. seen everything from these sort of do-it-yourself type things where you're putting in a little workstation, a little um, Mm -hmm. cooktop area to, you know, it's next to your grill and then you have, you know, your table and you can entertain two full blown out, you know, kitchens that have um, these awnings over them and, you know, you can entertain in, you know, nice weather and in bad weather. But this whole desire to bring some normalcy and entertain in small ways by having sort of the expansion of the kitchen. Mm -hmm. The other thing that's happening in the kitchen, and you think of sort of germ-free, is um, designs that are handless, uh, sensors, and sort of these touchless areas. Um, And everything from you wave your hand and the drawer will open. Or you touch it, you know, um, you tap it with your foot and the cabinet will open to, um, I'm sure you've seen the uh, faucets that have motion, you know, sensors. So you wave or tap the uh, bottom of the faucet and the faucet turns on. So I think there's going to be more of these um, Mm -hmm. because, again, I don't think we'll ever get away from sort of thinking about germs. So any way we can help... um, eliminate or um, the sort of touching, the better. And so there's going to be some more innovation, I think, in that area as well. Hmm. Interesting. Growing up, my dad was a dentist and he had one of those um, faucets in each of his operatories. It was, a, it was operated by a pedal. The right was hot. Oh, yes. No, the right was cold and the left was hot. And it just had, you know, one faucet come out. And I used to love it. First of all, of course, it was fun. Um, but, it, you know, it kind of, it's reminiscent of that. Yes. Where 
it's sort of the early precursor to the in the motionless that they have, you know, um, and many of the restaurants and in, um, I know in the turnpike restrooms, they have it, but I think it's, it's fun. And if I were to remodel a kitchen or a bathroom today, I would look to incorporate some of these because I personally want it. You know, yeah. let alone my guests who, who visit. It's very, very interesting. Um, well, right, it's interesting so now, to see the evolution, you know, so you have yeah. these foot controls and then it's going to sort of sensors. What is going to be next? You know, that's sort of going to be goodness. the interesting thing. Yeah. You know, I love looking like that. Speaking of which, let's have you look in your crystal ball once again for us and share your predictions for the future. And I, you know, some of the stuff you shared just now, you know, it's not all of it's here today, but it's at least a little bit more near term. So what do you see um, for the future? So one of the things that um, I actually thought would be here um, a little sooner than I think it is going to happen is um, the ability to get products and things that you need sort of at the drop of the hat. So before, you know, the pandemic, we really became kind of spoiled and we're seeing this now. Um, where we could go into any grocery store almost any time of day mm-hmm. or um, any kind of store and be able to get whatever we wanted. And if we couldn't get it in you know, a store locally, we could order it you know, from the website and it would be here the next day. Well, since the pandemic and outages and supply chain issues, I mean, I'm still surprised that when I go into certain stores that there are shelves that are empty, or I only have one choice of something, which was unheard of Mm -hmm. just, you know, two years ago. So the idea of drone delivery, um, I think is going to happen a little sooner, but not that soon. You know, I think it's probably um, a few years down the road, although I have some hope because I recently saw, I want to say two weeks ago, Walmart is testing some drone drone delivery in their um, getting, you know, delivery to their um, consumers. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, going, having a drone come to your home and drop off a box, I think will be that wave of the future. And so knowing that, you know, the biggest thing preventing a person from making a recipe for using, you know, a product that my company may be selling is they don't have the ingredients to make that recipe. You know, yeah. how many times have you like looked at a series of recipes and said, I can't make that, I don't have those ingredients. Right. The idea of being able to have at any time of the day mm-hmm. what you need when you need it will be here, but I do think it is going to be a few years off, maybe five years off. Okay. Um, so I think that's one area. Then as, I, then as I think about, you know, sort of cooking in the smart kitchen and the kitchen seems to be, you know, sort of that last area to um, really have all of the smart tools. You know, we think mm. about like the Nest, you know, thermometer or um, thermostat. Right. And we think about, you know, TVs and different, you know, aspects of things being smart. The kitchen, um, has sort of stopped and started with this whole idea. But I think the wave of the future will be sort of cooking with induction. I induction. think also, 
induction, and I think also wireless. And where that will happen is if you know about induction cooking, it's, you know, the, the benefits are it heats really quickly and it cools really quickly. And the idea of think about having an induction cooktop on your, um, you know, a, uh, uh, cooking counter that also is, you know, um, serves as your table, you know, you can multifunctional. You can cook, you can eat, you can do your homework, you can do your work there because Mm -hmm. it's this space that flows to whatever you need. So Mm. there might be some heating sources, but when they're not on, they're cool and there's like safety latches or not to be tethered to a cord for your blender or your mixer. Mm -hmm. Not that it's battery powered, but it's powered by the motor that's on the countertop, that's embedded into the countertop. Right. Um, You know, being able to set up someone to work at the end of the counter where you don't have to worry that you don't have any outlets there, you know, Mm -hmm. and then take that away and it's your eating space. So I think, you know, in the future, and this is probably 10 to 15 years out, the more automation within the counters, um, the wireless, um, I think will be more prevalent in kitchens. And I think it'll unlock areas, you know, it'll make the, um, the home cook a little bit um, more efficient and, you know, not have to um, sort of plan things out. You can spur of the moment. You could have many cooks in the kitchen, not getting in the way <laughs> of each other. Um, it could be really interesting. Yeah. Oh, amazing. All right, Jane. So this next question and it's our, Final question is, uh, it's a two-parter. Um, so tell me a little bit about how you and your Smart Kitchen Insights group can help teams really ideate at brainstorming sessions around trends. How could this relate to consumer affairs teams? Yes. Well, one area that um, we like to do is really help teams as they kick off innovation and new product um, ideation sessions, Mm -hmm. we could really be the foundation to help teams get closer to what are the trends in the home? You know, how is um, the kitchen sort of evolving? How are people cooking today? Mm -hmm. Marrying all that information to help spark and give sort of the juices, the creative juices flowing to help lead into the ideation sessions. You know, the, the mashing up of what are the trends and how people are cooking and then all right, where are the opportunities and bringing those together Mm -hmm. that really can um, unlock some great um, potential ideas. And then where we can really relate with the consumer affairs team is really helping them understand what are those trends and how are their products in line with those trends and can support those trends. Mm -hmm. And not only could the consumer affairs teams help the brands innovate because they're seeing what people are talking about. Mm -hmm. They're seeing what the trends are. They understand sort of where their products fit. They can be a rich source of ideas for innovation. But then also um, creating their scripts, you know, understanding the trends, knowing that sustainability is important, they can help tell the story Mm -hmm. of the products. 
knowing that these things are out there and people are interested in them and how does it relate to whatever their products are that they're supporting or how are how is the company you know relating to that trend and bringing that to life so i think there's um a multi um sort of faceted way mm-hmm. that um by helping teams understand sort of what is happening in the kitchen and in the home when it comes to food Mm -hmm. um, can really unlock a lot of opportunities for the brands, but also for the consumer affairs team that ultimately help sell the product and and can put the product in um, a great standing with the person that's using the product because they'll feel good about it. Yeah, which is the consumer and that's what we're all about. Consumer affairs may not be making these products, but we're certainly, like you said, supporting them. And and what I'm sort of hearing is that we could take more of a leadership role in anticipating some of this, these trends, some of the white space. And, um, you know, because you start to see things bubble up in the data, but th- that needs to be supplemented. Mostly, yes. um, you know, you're hearing more about consumer feedback to existing products um, but I think that this could really complement um, the capabilities of consumer affairs teams. Love it. Yeah, I and think it's really, really giving. Yeah. Now, I, I think it's really giving them, you know, the opportunity to share what they know and how, yes. you know, by knowing these trends and they're saying, well, you know, we're hearing a lot of, you know, questions about sustainability. You know, that just gives you, um, you know, a nice sort of uh, coming together with the team and um, really help leading, like you said, and um, sharing and creating products or even communication that will, you know, really be effective with your consumer. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Jane, thank you again for coming on for the second time and for taking time out of your busy Saturday to talk with me on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Oh, Denise, it was a lot of fun. And thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. If you've learned even a kernel of an idea or was inspired by this episode, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcast. Be sure to share out the hashtag CPGCX because CPGCX really and truly rocks. You have been listening to the My Curious Colleague podcast with Denise Veneri. Thank you for your time.